broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Through the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Now that the draft is in the books, you know who the they drafted or they signed as free agents early in the process before the draft. Now you're looking at the team and you're looking at the holes. Okay, this is who they should go out there and pursue. 69187 keyword RNR so don't be broke.com text line. That is also the line that you can hit us up if you have a question for any of our guests that we have at the time, including our next guest that we're very excited about. That's Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. He's the uh, executive the executive director of the Senior Bowl. And, Jim, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you this afternoon. And wanted to ask you about the Senior Bowl because, to me, I've known that it's the premier all-star showcase for, for players for a very long time, but it just feels like more attention is being put on the Senior Bowl and more players each and every year is getting drafted from the Senior Bowl. Is that, is that what you're seeing as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, thanks for having me on. No, it's, the game's been awesome for a long, long time. I think, yeah, we just market it a little differently. We've, we've really used social media. Um, this my, I just finished my fifth game. You know, the first year we got there, we were like 40 million impressions on, on Twitter that first year. And, uh, we were up at like 360 million last year. So, um, I think we're just getting the word out more. I the game's been great. Um, our draftable numbers are up. We've had, uh, this year we hit, 100 players drafted uh, triple digits for the third year in a row, which is over 40% of the draft for the third year in a row. So, you know, when our numbers had dipped a little bit, we were down in the in the 70s and 80s there for a little bit in like that 2014, 15, 16 area. Um, so we're getting them back up. But, uh, you know, again, when it comes to the draft, like all we are, we're just happy for all of our guys getting drafted and realizing their, their lifelong dreams and everything, man. We get invested in these players and, and, and make connections with them. And uh, so it's just a cool weekend watching those guys all come off the board and, and uh, fulfill their dreams. Well, the Raiders had nine players come off the board. They made nine selections, and six guys were there in Mobile, Alabama, if you include Tyree Wilson, who didn't participate, but he was still out there. So uh, from a standpoint of, well, they were had a coaching staff out there with Patrick Graham. He was the head coach of one of the squads. So – I mean, how, how much of an impact are these players able to have on these teams when you see a team like the Raiders and others that go and select so many guys that they were familiar with at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, you know, the Raiders, my first year here, we had, we had uh, Coach Gruden coach one of the teams. It's, it's huge, man. It's huge. All these teams are trying to do is get to know these players. And, you know, they're out at the schools all fall and, and at the bigger schools multiple times. And if you're an area scout in the southeast, you're going through Athens and Tuscaloosa three times a fall minimum. Um, but it's different, man. It's different when you, you've got a really condensed you know, period of time from January to, to April to really learn these guys. And to get a week-long exposure um, and, like, eat meals with them and, and coach them and see them in a meeting room and see how they, how, see how they learn and see how they compete on the practice field and apply coaching on a practice field. I mean, there's, there's so many great takeaways, right? And it's real football. The rest of the process is, is shorts and T-shirts and all that. So, um no, again, I'm, I'm sitting in a really uh, – it comes across very biased right now, the chair I sit in. But, you know, I, b- before I had this job, I was, I was in the league for 20 years, and, and I always valued the Senior Bowl the most because you can get fooled watching guys running around in shorts and T-shirts. You can't get fooled when they're in, when they're in uh, pads and, 
pads and helmets. Talking all things Senior Bowl right now with the executive of the Senior Bowl. That's Jim Nagy here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. Demond's got one for you. Yeah, I've got to give you credit. When you mentioned the impressions on Twitter, even when the college football season is starting and I see you out there, you're like, hey, look, don't, don't forget about this guy. Reminder of this guy. So speaking of players in particular, Byron Young, the Raiders drafted him, defensive tackle out of Alabama. What do you think about him? But more importantly, one of the things that he said is his leadership. What do you think about that young man as a player? Yeah, you know, so with Byron, <laughs> it, well, we could, scouts call it helmet scouting. You know, like it's it's dangerous to scout the helmet, right? I mean, sometimes you get scarred. You go into a school every year, and if, if guys don't pan out from a certain school or at a certain position group at a school. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna helmet scout in, in in a positive light, man, that Alabama defensive line room over the last you know ten fifteen years is cranked out. Uh, a bunch of high-end players, and, and Byron's the next one. Uh, you know, we had a guy in the, in the game last year, Phil Mathis, uh, Byron's teammate, and, and Phil went in the second round um, to the Washington Commanders a year ago, and I was talking to the D-line coach uh, at Alabama, Freddie Roach, about two or three days before the draft this year, uh, and I'm like, man, what are you hearing on Byron? I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a bunch of, like, fourth, fifth-round stuff, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of hearing similar, and I'm like, there's no way he's two or three rounds you know, lesser player than Phil Mathis was. And he's like, no, man, I agree. And uh, so he, you know, I thought he was going to go in the second or third. Actually, I, we had a higher grade on Byron, Byron Young than we had on Phil Mathis. So um, just a classic Alabama defensive lineman, man. Strong, uh, plays with great technique, great effort, uh, more disruptive than, than if we're just comparing he and Phil Mathis, more disruptive, um, can get in the backfield, make plays. So, uh, really good player. Now they got him and Neil Farrell inside. They've needed, you know, they, they were getting old on the interior defensive line, um, and now they've addressed it two years in a row, the third and the fourth round pick, and, and um, you know, hopefully those guys are the future. A player that I want to ask you about that wasn't drafted by the Raiders, but I know that you were high on him from his time even before the Senior Bowl, and I was surprised that he went the third round. Riley Moss, you were one of the first people <laughs> that said, hey, this guy can play corner at the next level. Did you think he was going to be selected in the third round? Yeah, I did. I mean, dude, what a, what a lazy take, right? He's a white guy playing corner. He can't play corner. We got to move him to safety, right? Like that's the, that was the laziest take in the draft cycle. Let's shift the white corner to safety. I mean, the kid ran a thirteen eight five hundred and ten meter high hurdle in high school. Now that if you don't follow high school track, like it might not mean anything. Thirteen eight five is is ridiculous. It was the tenth fastest time in the entire United States in senior year. So um, I knew Riley would fly. He was our third fastest player on the GPS, you know, tracking data stuff that we use. And we use the same company that, that all 32 NFL teams use. So the dude can run, man. He's a fluid athlete. He had really good production on the ball in his time at Iowa. He played a bunch of football. So, um, yeah, I thought he would. There's no way you play that much football. You're that fast. You're that fluid. You have that kind of ball production. Um, those guys don't get to day three. Again, we're talking with Jim Nagy right now, the executive director of the Senior Bowl here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. And you know, you mentioned ball production. That's something that I noticed from the Raiders' whole draft class, and in particular, all the guys that came out of the Senior Bowl. They all have production in college, but it seemed like, Jim, that they all had room to grow as well. How, how big is that for those guys to be able to showcase that, yeah, I'm not a finished product, and be able to do it, like I said, at the Senior Bowl in front of coaches that are putting them on when it comes to like NFL scouting and film and, and all that kind of work? I mean, they, they took Jacorian Bennett, right? Yep. Is that is that okay? So yeah, Jacorian is a is a is a mobile kid. He grew up here. He went to the Catholic school here in town, McGill Tulin, um, and he was really under the radar. You know, he he got to football late. I think he went out his first time as a junior, um, 
you know, was, was a zero star, had to go the Juco route, um, ends up at Maryland. And again, what do you, what do you covet at corner? What do most teams covet at corner speed and ball production? The dude was the second fastest player at the combine. He ran four, three Oh, and he got his hands on 27 balls in the last two years at Maryland, five picks and 22 passes defense. So, uh, for him to be there at the top of the top of the fourth round, um, he can play inside. He can play outside. And again, his his best football is ahead of him because really, you know, relative to most players, I mean, for going out as junior or high school, this guy's still young playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, and again, when you see teams trading up to the top of the top of the round and and, and giving up picks and taking, I mean, that's I mean, that's a lot of everyone's targeting those guys at the beginning of day three. So um, they probably felt like Jacorian was going to go in the third. I thought he was going to go in the third. I mean, usually those guys don't fall out of the well, out of the out of day two, like I just said about Riley Moss, I, I was shocked that Jacorian fell out and went in the fourth round. So again, I do think his best football is ahead of him, just like you said. You know, and how big was it for for Jacorian in, in this sense? Because Deontay Banks was the guy out of Maryland that everybody was talking about, right? He went obviously early in the draft, but how much did it help Bennett to be there at the Senior Bowl and get familiar with coaching, just like Patrick Graham and others, and just kind of let them know that, hey, by the way, I got ball production and I can still play, and like you mentioned, the best ball still in front of me. Yeah, the, and the cool thing about Jacorian, he had an interception on the last play of the game in the Senior Bowl, and uh, I went over and congratulated him after the game, and he was like, man, I, I was like, how cool is that? Like a pick back in your hometown, last play of the Senior Bowl, and he's like, my last play at Maryland was a pick, too. So, mm. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So he's, again, high-character guy, um, really good kid. So sky's the limit. Yeah, and, and PG did a great job down here coaching those guys up. We had a bunch of Raiders coaches. Um, shout out to, to Dave Ziegler for sending, sending us a bunch of great coaches and, and they know him. So they know him. They've, they've been with him for a week. They know what they're getting in the guy. They've coached him. They've been around him. Um, so to me, that's, I mean, sometimes on draft day, there, there's always an element of like, you know, do we know this guy well enough? And if you take a guy that you've coached for a week, that you, you can eliminate that. Jim Nagy is our guest. It's Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned Patrick Graham as a coach, and I know that they've changed up the format a little bit there at the Senior Bowl. But, I mean, do you think that more coaching staffs are going to want to be a part of the Senior Bowl just so they get that week of familiarity with these players that are coming out? Yeah, I mean, they, they changed it up totally. So, you know, we'd have the full coaching staff for 73 years. They flipped it this year. They gave another all-star game the full staff and now we just got a memo yesterday that that all all-star games well well us and the other all-star game are going to have blended staff moving forward so they just see it as the league sees it as a really good developmental um thing for guys in the coaching you know in the coaching community and I, I loved it i loved it it exposed our players to more teams rather than just two teams being down here we had 16 non-playoff teams represented on the two staffs and um it was it was just a great networking opportunity for all those coaches and development opportunity for those guys and I always look at it through the lens of what's best for our players, and, and when you can get exposed to, to that many clubs, man, I, it's a good thing. So I, I see it as a real positive. I know that you're happy for all of the guys that were drafted, but some guys that did go undrafted, and one that I want to ask you about, and in particular the Raiders picked up, McClendon Curtis out of UT Chattanooga. Back to the Senior Bowl. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. He, he was there. I mean, but yep. what did you think about this guy? Did, did you think he fell under the radar by going undrafted in this year's draft? Yeah, I was really surprised. I, I really was surprised. No, no, and I'll say this: like we don't invite players to the Senior Bowl, we don't think are going to get drafted. So, I mean, obviously, we, you know, have had good success with getting guys drafted. But there's guys that don't get picked, and and usually it's because some stuff we don't know about. Usually, it's, um, you know, one is the testing. Um, 
Like we've tried to use different different groups in terms of you know track and field data from high school and things of that nature to to really zero in and testing. But before I got this job, my predecessor Phil Savage, the ex Browns GM, you know, he told me he's like, Jim, your draft is in November. It's not in April. So you you know you don't have the medical information. You don't have the testing data. So it's hard. We're not going to get everyone drafted. Um, but I'll say this about McClendon: like there, there weren't any character concerns. He tested fine. Um, I really thought he was going to go in that fifth round area. And, and the reason I say that is every year there's a handful of players that show up in Mobile that are that are better than I give them credit for off the tape. And I thought McLennan was that guy. Like going back and looking at the tape from our week, he was better here than, than I gave him credit for um, off his college tape. So in offensive line's a premium, man. He played tackle down here. I've, I've never seen him play tackle on Tennessee chat tape. So, um, you know, he can play guard. He can play tackle. Uh, big, big man. You'll see him when, when he gets out there for, for OTAs. I and mean, this is a big dude. Um, and it had a good week. So it, it really surprised me that, uh, that he slid all the way through. That's a, that's a really good get for the Raiders. And then is there any player in particular that you saw, either if they slipped in the first round or slipped a couple of rounds after that, that you saw this guy's going to be maybe not the biggest steal of the draft, but you thought that was a pretty big steal? Uh, I would probably say Nolan Smith. You know, who went thirtieth mm. overall to the Eagles. So Nolan a year ago at this time when we started watching these guys junior tape over the summer, Nolan was our top graded defensive player, uh, senior defensive player in the country. And he didn't end up coming to Mobile. He he really battled injury stuff all year. Um and missed a lot of time, wasn't on the field a ton, um, was injured going into into uh senior bowl time. So we didn't get him, but man, this guy he ran four three eight at the combine. He would have been like the fifth or sixth fastest corner at the combine at 238, 239 pounds, whatever he ended up being. Um, you know, so to get him there at pick 30, and again, high, high character guy, um, can play the run, can rush the passer. Uh, that's why I think the Eagles, the Eagles nailed it for like the the second year in a row in the draft. I thought I thought Howie Roseman did a lot of good work, and and, it, and a big part of that was getting Nolan Smith at 30. There, there, trust me, there were 29 better players in this draft than Nolan Smith. No, there, there wasn't, and, and they are continuing to attack the trenches. They really are. That's what Howie Roseman does is attack the trenches. Jim Nagy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things Senior Bowl. How big do you think the Senior Bowl was for Trey Tucker? He's another guy that the Raiders drafted in the, in the third round, and a lot of people thought, hey, maybe this guy's going to go in the fifth round, but the speedster out of Cincinnati went to the Raiders in the third round. Yeah, I mean, a lot was made of this wide receiver class. A lot of smaller guys, right? Um, you know, you think of like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison and Tank Dell and and Josh Downs. I mean, there was a there was a lot of smaller guys in this crew, and and so Trey got a little you know overlooked um, through the process. But to me, um, he's a guy that was really easy to invite. Like we started watching him last summer. He's got serious juice. I mean, this guy is four three all day long. He's good in the return game. He's really tough and competitive. Um, so those guys are hard to, hard to find. It's hard to find playmakers, you know, and, and the receivers started coming off. So um, probably went a little bit more than the media expected, but I did, I did hear from a lot of guys around the league just, just talking to guys in that lead-up to the draft where they had Trey going, and it was mostly third and fourth round. That's where most, most teams had him pegged. So, um, he you know, he's different. He's a different type of slot than Hunter Renfro. That's for darn sure. Um you know, Hunter's so crafty and, and really, really quick in a short area. Uh, Trey's just got more top end speed, right? He's just, uh, he's just, he's got, he's got more, he's got more long burn to him. So, um, and a little more return value. So just gives you a dip. If you line those, both those guys up in the slot, um, it's, it's, they give you a change up. Um, 
get them on the field at the same time. You got two different things on each side of the field. You line them up next to each other. I mean, it's just they're different mismatches. He just creates different mismatches than uh, what the Raiders have been able to put out there the last couple of years. You know, and you've been talent evaluating for a long, long time in the NFL, and of course there at the Senior Bowl as well. You know, how good do you think? Like, what is the ceiling there for a Trey Tucker? You know, if he can be a really good third, like a good third receiver, that's that's what you're looking for. You know, in the third round, I think you know first two rounds, if you can hit legit starters. I mean, to me, Trey is a Trey's a slot um, because of the because of the size limitation, because of the speed. You could maybe get him out there. Um, we had a guy in, in New England years ago when I was there named David Patton, mm-hmm. who was a uh, similar size to Trey, and he he could play outside because he could really really run. So I think Trey could do it um, again in the third round. If you can get a guy that's a productive third receiver that you know catches 60, 70 balls, that's going to end up being a good pick. And then if you can contribute on returns, which you should be able to do, I mean that's, I mean that would be the expectation for for Trey. If, if I was, you know, if I was the Raiders, if I could get that out, I'd be happy. Well, I'll tell you right now, he's got the speed to kill, as as you very well know. And we'll close out on this, Jim. And I want to talk about the first round pick, Tyree Wilson. Again, he didn't participate in Mobile. He ended up being uh, number seven overall pick for the Silver and Black, but he was out there uh, at the Senior Bowl. I know he's coming off that foot injury. What are your thoughts when you see Tyree Wilson? What he's done so far on film, and what he's kind of projected to do on the next level? Yeah, he uh, he had accepted his invite, and then yeah, couldn't come medically, and we didn't bring him. His agent snuck him into Mobile, man. We didn't. <laughs> we, he didn't go. He didn't go through the week with us, man. He, did, he, he didn't. He didn't have a. He didn't have a jersey or anything. We. Uh, I actually saw him on the street outside the player hotel one night, walking down the sidewalk with his agent. Uh, and his agent introduced us, and his, I gave him a hug and, and told him I wish we could have had him through the week. But uh, yeah, he snuck him into Mobile to get him interviewed a little bit. So. Uh, no, I mean you, what, what what you're getting is, and you know this is, and I'm not telling the listeners anything they don't know if they weren't following it. Pretty easy, you see the guy. He's a big, long guy, and it's hard to find long-bodied guys that are explos- as explosive as he is. Usually, the longer you get, the less explosive, the more compact, the more explosive. You just gen- generate that power quickly. Um, but he's got real power, and he's got really unique length. That whatever the wingspan was, 86 inches. I mean, this guy's you know, long as heck. You put on the tape, you can see it. I mean, he just, he looks like a basketball player. So, again, I think he's scratching the surface. I think his best football is ahead of him. I think at the foot, really, I think there's some teams that had a medical concern, um, you know, based off the foot or the ankle or whatever that injury was. Um, but, man, where they took him, you got a chance to really hit on a high-end player. And, and that's, a, that's a premium position. You look where everyone in the NFL is spending their money in the offseason – it's for the, those guys that can get that can get pressure off the edge and guys that can get pressure up the middle and and he does have really cool rush versatility that way. I do think Tyree's a guy that you're going to be able to move around. You know, I think it's a tip of the cap to the Senior Bowl as well that the agent and, and Tyree decided that they needed to sneak into the Senior Bowl just to be interviewed by some of the you know some of the uh, the coaches and the and the scouts that are out there because well it just shows how important the Senior Bowl really is. So I I mean not that you needed more evidence of what the Senior Bowl means to these guys that are coming out in the draft, but I think right there it tells you all you really need to know. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, again, the, the game's been great for a long time. The Senior Bowl, the City of Mobile, and the Senior Bowl's put on a great event forever. So, uh, yeah, I just wish the agent would have given me a heads up, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, you know, I never like the focus being taken away from our guys that are actually putting their necks on the line out on the field. But, uh, no, I was, I'm glad they got down there. I just, I, I saw when I saw them, they were just leaving a meeting with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So, um, I know the Hawks, that was my last team I worked for was the Hawks, and I know they were really interested in Tyree as well. So um, I think the Raiders got a good one, man. I hope I hope he can get healthy, and I hope they can get him going right away. 
I know it's only May, but are you already getting started on the 2024? <laughs> are you already doing the scouting for who's going to be in Mobile next year? Yeah, man, we have since like it was like late December, early January. Once we once we got the uh, roster set for this year, and there's always like tweaking down to the end. There's always players that you know get hurt, or a, an agent will pull a guy out because he thinks he's going to be a first round pick, which happened with Devin Witherspoon. His agent pulled him out in January, but. Um, once we get the roster mostly set, there's no sense just spinning our wheels and watching those players over there. Like, what are we doing? Why are we doing that? So, um, yeah, we moved on to 2024, uh, months ago, our in-house scouts were doing that, our scouting assistants. And, uh, I usually wait till I get through the draft, but I got antsy a couple weeks ago and I started watching some guys that, that are at the top of the board right now, just to, you know, just to get a taste of it. And now we're, uh, now that we're, now that we're through the draft, man, it's, uh, that's all we're going to be doing May, June, July, before we head out in August to go to fall camps is, is, is figuring out, figuring out this next class. So yeah, we're in the middle of it. I love it. I love it. Scouting never stops. It never stops, Jim. So fantastic work. I mean, the senior bowl, I always love paying attention to what's going on the week in mobile with, as far as the practices go. And of course the game as well on Saturday and the Raiders come away with uh, six players drafted uh, that were there in mobile, Alabama. So Jim, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you guys. Keep up the great work and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I guess it'll be next year, but we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the summer. Absolutely. Appreciate you, my man. Jim Nagy right there, executive director, Senior Bowl. And, yeah, you come away with six guys drafted from the Senior Bowl. I know Tyree Wilson, again, was not a guy that, like, as he said, he kind of snuck in there. But six, then, literally, I mean. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you take a guy, you end up signing a guy as an undrafted free agent as well that was there at the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, really seven if you're talking about McClendon Curtis as well. So, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of players that came out of one spot. Also, I got to get Tyree Wilson the credit where people say, how bad do you want this? Yeah. I'll sneak myself in. Right. And him and his agent. You got to tip the cap. Like, hey, man, I know where everybody's at. I'm going to go be a part of it. And and there's nothing wrong with that. And, of course, you heard Jim say, I I wish his agent had given us a head up. Heads up. We would have known a little bit ahead of time. But he didn't. I still think it was a great great idea. So there you go. Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 421 is the time coming up in eh, about 10 or so minutes. We'll be talking to John Taffer. Shut it down, Damon. Shut it down. I'm going to get him to say that at some point. And we want to know, is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Hit us up at, on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Again, 69187, keyword r This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. So we threw the question out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R, so text line, also the phone line at 702-365-9200. Is there a free agent out there that you'd like to see the Raiders pursue? Now that you kind of know what the roster looks like, at least a 90-man roster, kind of know, okay, I think there's a hole here. I think there's a hole there. Well, maybe this is a spot that the Raiders can go out there and, and sign a guy. Let us know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Also, 702-365-9200. We have John Taffer, Bart Rescue. He's coming up in a little while. He's going to bring us a bottle of his bourbon. I'm excited about that. I'm really a vodka guy these days. But if John Taffer is going to bring me a bottle of his bourbon, and I say me, <laughs> I say me, then we're going to welcome into the studio and let John Taffer bring us a bottle of his bourbon. Sir Whiskey Ray, speaking of, Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Happy Wednesday, gentlemen. I'm liking today's topic. A free agent that I'm interested in is cornerback Ronald Darby. We could use some depth at this position, and Darby's only 29 coming off a torn ACL in October, but he should be ready to go by training camp. Pro Football Focus had Darby with an 85 run defense grade and a 66.3 coverage grade, averaging out overall to a 71.1. I think we can get him on the cheap. On another note, 
That Lakers versus Dubs last night had me pacing all over the house. Glad my Lakers got game one, but we all know there's plenty of games remaining in the series. It's on to game two. Thanks, as always, gentlemen. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. Thank you so much for the text, and that's the second time, Devon. We've got hit up about Ronald Darby, and of course, coming off the ACL, it's similar to Marcus Peters, and I know that he was healthy last year, but Marcus Peters is banged up quite a bit. Ronald Darby coming off the ACL, I think the biggest thing for him is, is he going to be healthy? Right? Is he going to be healthy, and what could, the, what could the price tag look like? I do think the quarterback position is one that needs to be addressed still. Uh, I like the, the, young, the young man that they got out of, uh, out of Maryland, Ja'Korian Bennett. I do like him. I do like uh, you know Faison coming back. I, I, I expect Nate Hobbs to be able to kick outside and be that guy, but that's a lot of expecting and uh, assuming, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a little bit more depth in that, in that position. Speaking of the price tag, I was thinking about Donovan Smith to be the answer for this question, but right. I'm on Spotrack. Yeah. I click on his market value, calculated market value on Spotrack, $19.5 million. That's why I didn't say anything. I'm like, hey, if yeah. he's going to be asking for close to $20 million, I know that the Raiders can't afford that. In the last segment, when we had Jim on, the Kansas City Chiefs signed him for nine million dollars. <laughs> well, at least you were thinking. I mean, you were, you were on the right page. But it's one of those where you think, like, oh no, your team can't afford that right. guy. But he signs the. I don't know if that's the uh, the defending Super Bowl champ discount he's giving him. But it's one of the Kansas City. Maybe it's the I don't have a job and it's May third discount. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, <laughs> what a discount to take, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. So there's a real possibility. When it, that's a good thought, though. At least you were thinking. 702-365-9200. We want to hear from you as well. And, again, like I mentioned, in a few minutes, we'll have John Taffer from Bar Rescue. He's come walking down the hallway and uh, jump in the studio with us. But let's go out to the phone line and talk to our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I like the draft. Got the, got a free defense lineman, and a tight end is great. Um. Couldn't he have drafted, uh, say, uh, Tanner McKee or DTR instead of Aiden? I like Aiden, but I guess you should draft a quarterback next every year. And next year, I, I got like nine coming out of uh, just the Pac-12 alone, which is going to be the last year. Cameron Rising, you're not gonna, we're not going to get Cal uh, Williams. You got uh, DJ Ulele. Mm-hmm. Um, so many good quarterbacks coming out of that Pac-12. If you look at it, except, you know, the one that escaped from the Ducks, the Oregon Ducks, uh, he's playing East Ray and Matt Moore. Uh, right. Moore's last name. Right. He, he, he's, a, he's only a freshman. All right. Well, thank you so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, they could have selected a lot of different quarterbacks, but they chose not to, right? I mean, and Dave Ziegler, after the draft, said that uh, he knew that Aiden O'Connell was going to be a guy that Josh McDaniels liked. So they, they went in that direction. And, you know, look, I'm not a big fan only because he's not mobile, but that's really the only reason. I mean, he did a lot of good things there at Purdue, so I don't want to take anything away from him. He also is a guy that walked on. He was like ninth on the depth chart and found his way as a starter. Then he's taken the starter position away from him, and he found his way back into the starting role. Like, I mean, he's, he's overcome a lot, so I can respect that. I just think at, you know, in 2023, you need a guy that's got a little mobility, a little wiggle to him. It's got, it doesn't have to be a lot. But it's got to be a little bit, right? And he just doesn't have that. But he also has a quick release. So maybe that is something that will play into, you know, his, his, uh, will help him out in the long run. So uh, thank you so much for that. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I, I'm with you, Mitch. I think that every single year, if not every year, every other year, the Raiders and most teams around the league are going to be in the business of drafting a quarterback. 4.30 is the time. When we come back, we'll be joined by John Taffer from Bar Rescue. He's going to bring us a bottle of bourbon. We'll have to open it up and smell it at least. We'll have to at least smell it. It's coming up next on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, your boy Q, and pleased to have in studio right now, John Taffer. You know him from Bar Rescue. And John, it's a, it's a pleasure for you to be in studio with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Excited about the Knights game tonight, actually. How exciting is that? The Knights are fantastic. They're on a great run. How, yeah. how, how fun is that going to be? Well, we ended round one with a little energy. Yeah, of course. So we're starting round two, I think, just where we want to be. And I think that they're in a really good position where they can make a, a deep run, right? Yeah. I mean, the way that the everything has played out so far, they can make a run. What about Boston dropping out so Right. Quick? That right. was a shocker, huh? Yeah, they, they need they need a little rescuing, right? They need a little bar <laughs> rescuing. They need I, a little bourbon. I think it made our light at the end of the tunnel a little bigger, though. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. And, and John, again, as I said, man, very uh, happy to have you in studio. I couldn't tell you how many... Sundays I spent binge watching Bar Rescue and and it's funny I told the wife that you're going to be on the show and she's like I hope there's plenty of yelling <laughs> I hope she's telling you to shut it down well when we're done you're going to put your video on on your phone and I'll tell her to shut it down there you go there you go and believe me she has to shut it down a lot but you brought in your your brown butter bourbon tell us yeah, about this this is my baby guy so you know I've done 240 episodes of Bar Rescue 12 years yeah and every episode I got to come up with five cocktails not so easy after 200 of them. Right. So I got great mixologists and people around me to give me ideas and everything. One day I'm in my restaurant in Atlanta and I took a sous vide cooking bag, a plastic bag that you cook in. Yeah. I filled it with bourbon and then poured brown butter on top Ooh. out of a frying pan, put it in boiling water for about four hours, took it out, put it in the refrigerator. The butter coagulated on top, skimmed it off the top, poured it through a coffee filter, believe it or not, and it was unbelievably delicious and smooth. So I put it in a cocktail in that restaurant, Taffer's Tavern, called Oof. The Campfire. We sell over a 1000 a month. Wow. People tell me how much they love it. So I said, that's it. I got to bottle this. I never thought I would be in this business. Right, right, right. But because it was wow. so well received. So I poured some for you guys. Do me a favor. Take a sip Smells amazing. A smells amazing. I don't even want to drink it. It smells so good. Oh, this is the best part of my day. Great smell, right? Give it a taste. Oh, that's so good. You got to sip that, Damon. Mm, I am sipping no, it. Oh, you, that is you, you delicious. Took, you took that like you ain't never going to get none. We got a whole bottle. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'll leave that with you guys, but pretty cool, huh? It's very good. So very good. I didn't want it too sweet, so right. it's not Damon, right? It's not yeah, too sweet. It's you not got too sweet, but I do love the sweetness to it. Yeah. Oh, man, this so is So you great. can taste a little toffee, a little vanilla. Yeah. So I'm real excited, guys. So we introduced it in two test market cities here, because it's my home, of course. Right. And Boston. Nice. And uh, we're kicking butt, so we're in every liquor world. Wow. We're in every Total Wine. We're in every Lee's. And I got a liquor world right around the corner from the house. Hey, there you go, you buddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm real excited. I've never done anything like this before, so it's a lot of fun. I'm, this really, is, I'm very proud of it. This is awesome. John Taffer is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demar. Uh, I've got to ask you, you know I mean? Radio Nation Radio, I've got to ask you, the Sunday ticket, it's moving to YouTube. Can you tell us a story about how you indirectly founded the NFL Sunday ticket? Sure. It's a great story, actually. So this is back mid-90s, mm -hmm. and back in the mid-90s, the league tried to do it once in Florida, and Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser created these protests, right? We're not paying for football, blah, blah, blah. So right after all that happened, I get a phone call from a company called ComSat, who's a satellite company, and they did like movie pay-per-views and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and they say to me, John, we'd like you to do a feasibility study on out-of-market sports programming. 
So if you're sitting here in, in uh, let's say you're in New York, you can buy the Dallas signal. Right. Right. If you're yeah. in Miami, you could buy the commander signal. Right. So I put together, they paid me a lot of money. I put together about a 200-page feasibility study on who would buy it, what it would cost, all that kind of stuff. They came back to me after that and said, this is really good. Tell us what it would look like. Mm. Product. Yeah. So we started to design it. While we were doing that, something happened called compression. Before that, remember sports bars had to have those huge analog dishes? Yes, yes. So huge. I own sports bars, yep. and I had to have a quarter acre right. behind the sports bar to have seven of these huge analog dishes. That was the only way I could get seven games is with seven dishes. Right. <laughs> well, compression allowed you to get those seven games off one transponder. Changed the world. Right. That happened while I was writing the second one. So that's when Sunday Ticket really became that you could get seven games yeah. back then simultaneously and right. 14 games. Yep. And blah, blah, blah. It's a game changer. Yep. Game changer. And, and uh, so we put it together. Then they came back to me a third time and says, John, who would buy it? And we put together a list of all the companies that we thought would buy it and such. They brought it. ComSat brought it to the NFL to buy the rights to it. The NFL said, man, this is awesome. Let's do it ourselves. They put me on the board. And we rolled out NFL Sunday ticket. That's awesome. It really is. And it's a game changer. I mean, I was at one point in Texas and I wanted to watch every Raider game and I didn't want to get a computer virus by <laughs> trying to bootleg it. And so, you know, the Sunday ticket is the way that I had to roll. And John, I got to ask, man, with all your inventions or your ideas that you have, I mean, trying to come up with ideas myself for the show every day is tough enough. Yeah. You're coming up with ideas for bars and restaurants. And how does that I mean, is that just is that hours of staying up at night? Just often how does that quick. happen? It's often quick. Yeah. It's more often quick okay. than not. Okay. You know, something just hits you and, yeah. and, and, and you know, we react to it. The trick is to do the things that we think about. I mean, how many of us can say, I've had a great idea and I didn't do anything about it? That's true. And it's That's still true. a great idea and I still haven't done anything about <laughs> it. But, you know, so, so, yeah. so, you know, sometimes we just got to have the confidence to go out and try. You know, and, and so I, I've been really good at going out and try, forcing you myself ain't to actually do these things. You're a not lying. Like I said, yeah. you have been the soundtrack. You have been the, the, the TV show that I watch almost every Sunday, uh, just religiously, right? And just going binge watching show after show after show. I have to tell you this story as the NFL draft just passed. I was in Chicago for the NFL draft a few years back, and I was walking down the street and I had no idea. And all of a sudden I looked up and I saw the underground lounge. You saved that place. Yeah. And that place decided that they were going to go back. Yep. Place ain't open no more. Yep, I bet. It's amazing. It's that amazing. Was the, that was with the hippie, Wonder Bar. He, yes. And I'm like, I'm like, why do you ask him to come save you and then decide to change your mind? What are they doing? Yeah, crazy. And that was a cool bar, too. I had this electronic yeah. thing that came down up and down over the bar. I took a picture of it and sent it to the wife. I was like, wife, they yeah. went back to the old... Unbelievable. That's like a coach saying, you know what? Don't give me the good quarterback in today's game. Give, give me the lousy guy for right. today's game. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to field my best team. I want to field a mediocre team today. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense, right? right. You yes. want to field the best team you got. So that's what I try to do, guys. I try to give them a good team, you know, yeah. good resources, and try to set them up to win. Oh, you do it, a fantastic you know, job. It's, it's so much like sports. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to have the knowledge of the game. But then you got to have the inspiration to fight hard in that game. Right. Get that extra mm -hmm. yard. Get that extra yeah. inch. Get that extra hit. So business is no different than that. And it's the guys that push for that extra hit yeah. that find success. There's you know? no doubt. John Tavers, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Demond. I've got to ask you, when it comes to this brown, this um, excuse me, brown butter bourbon, what's yeah. some cocktails that you can make with it? Because I can just drink I'm this I'm just going to drink it straight. Yeah, I can How just drink that? it smooth and straight as is. But do you <laughs> yeah. have any design cocktails already? We do. It's great for sipping, as you guys see. But we have something called the Gold Fashion which is a brown mm. butter old-fashioned. You don't need to use any simple syrup, just some of the brown butter bourbon, a couple of drops of bitters, and a tiny splash of water. Man, it's delicious. Yeah. An espresso martini 
made with it to mine is unbelievable. Ooh. And that butteriness comes through in the coffee. And those those recipes are on our website. Also, there's another one that we have, a sour, where we use sweet and sour with it, and we top it with a little red wine. Mm. But there's a bunch of cocktails on our website, and, and we're having fun creating them. You know, I, I know so many mixologists. So everybody's messing around with it. Mm-hmm. We're coming up with some fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible because I'm, I'm a, I like to drink, but it's always I see the recipes <laughs> and it's, eh, I can make that, but I never Listen, do. I because like to drink. <laughs> I like to drink, but I'm not too much of a mixologist myself. Something I've got to ask you because I wonder this every time I see when you get a level of fame, when people see you on the street, are they asking you, hey, can you yell at me for just 30 seconds? Some, uh, actually, probably uh, two out of 10 people say, scream at me, scream at me. But I'm in the middle of a restaurant or something. Right, I right. Don't so, so I'll do it on some occasions. Yeah, not the ones the that get me is hold my crusty baby. Would you take a picture with my crusty baby? That one says. <laughs> Do they call their own up. baby crusty or are you calling their baby crusty? Oh, no, the baby looks crusty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's reality. Some the, babies are crusty. The crust under its nose. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Crusty babies, man. Who wants to do that? Hey, John Saffer keeping it real right here. Of course, he's got the, the, the brown butter bourbon. I'm just checking out just some of the, the rich, bold bourbon, whiskey, vanilla, toffee, escalator, cocktail or dish. And I'm telling you, just the smell of it. I don't even have to drink any of it, but the smell of it is fantastic. So this has got to be a bestseller. It really has to be. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, we're uh, we're finding anybody who tastes it buys it. They love it. Yeah, they love it. They love. It. We have our guy Kevin in here. He was going to come in and take pictures. Now I don't know if he's going to finish his work day. How are you doing, Kevin? I am dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of that? I saw you take it. It is delicious. Yeah. It is very good. Very yeah, aromatic. You... I want to make cocktails with it. And it's got a great nose, right? It really does. Yeah. It does. It does. No, that, that's that's fantastic. So, you know, John, just getting back to even, you know, the, the bar rescue shows. And, I mean, how frustrating is it for you when you, you have an idea, you're implementing the idea, and you get so much pushback? Yeah. It can be very frustrating. Because I feel like that that's, that, that's like coaching as well. Yeah. You know? It's like a coach who's been in, you know, he's had four Super Bowls. He's mm-hmm. wearing those rings, and his players don't believe in him. Right. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. But, uh, yeah, sometimes people take it too personally. Yeah. You know, it's a business, guys. It's it's not your child. Right. It's not your firstborn, man. Mm-hmm. It's a business. It's a wall. It's a paint color. You know, it's carpet. Get over it. Right. But they don't get over it. They, they fight me every step of the way, which is really astonishing when they're the ones who are in debt $400,000. Right. I'm sitting there with a checkbook in my back pocket, and they're screaming at me. Yeah. So it, it really... it. it Honestly, I don't. I don't like to insult people, but if there were mental giants, in most cases, I wouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's now, true. And there's what, exceptions. There no, are good people to get in a jam too. Right. It but happens. Very often, you know, the person's in that mess because of the decisions that they made. You know, and a lot of the times, I've always noticed that you know when you could tell a place is certain, really dirty. It's not clean. Like you could tell from the, you know, the, the guns or, or the way that the bottles are set up. It kind of just it, it snowballs from there. It does because if they don't care enough, right, to even you know cover the things you see, imagine the things you don't see, right. I, and it's a shame because there's a wife and kids or a husband and kids at home, mm-hmm. you know, who's counting on this place to make money, and there's a family depending upon it, and and so it's really a, a, a it's more than a business. You know, when I drive by a failing business, guys, mm-hmm. a closed business, I see the family. You know, I picture the lost dreams, the lost money, the family, the kids, all of that. So that's what inspires me in Bar Rescue is I'm not rescuing a bar. I'm sort of rescuing a family in most cases. I mean, it gets emotional at times. Totally emotional. It really does. And I mean, there's times that I'm looking around. I'm like, no, wife, that's just dust is in the air. There's not. Uh, there's nothing going on <laughs> no, with me. I, I've teared up, yeah. too. No, I know. You know. For sure. Yeah, there's and no it's doubt. It's heavy duty. You know, these people's lives are on the line. And in many cases, they got enough money to make it two more weeks. I'm their last chance. Right. 
So that's I, a lot of pressure too. It is a lot of pressure. So that's why I'm so aggressive. I got to come through for him. Yeah, you know? I love it. I love it. It is one of the best shows ever. And I'll tell you this this quick story. I uh, I was at a, at the house one night. It was Saturday night, and we had a bunch of friends over. So I was drinking some Tito's. I'm a big Tito's guy. And so we drank, and I drank, and I drank, and I realized on Sunday, like, okay, I'm just gonna sit it on down, relax, and chill because I got to just kind of work this off. And then the show was on, and I don't know what place it was, but there everything was dirty. And so you were like, this is disgusting. And you went to pour out the whole bottle of vodka. And as soon as you did, it was so much vodka. All I did is reminisce to what I had the night before. And it was over. I ran across <laughs> the hallway. I threw it all up. It was a wrap. I felt better after that. But it was a wrap. And it was just because it was so dirty. And you mentioned how, look at all this. This is dirty. Oh, yeah. This is filthy. I've been in kitchens. And I felt the rats run into my shoes. Jeez. Whoa. <laughs> running across the floor. <laughs> I've opened refrigerator drawers yeah. that have been off for years, just sitting there with a with a raccoon inside one. Yeah. I've found used condoms behind bars, just sitting on the floor behind bars. Hey, I mean, the disgusting things that I've found. Yeah. It's, just, it's remarkable. It, 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 and then you find those people who it's spotless and clean, right. but they're still failing. Yeah, they just can't quite get you know get some element of it together. And in most cases, it's sad. Yeah, I believe it. And yeah. it. It feels sad, and it feels like that. Like I said, you have an emotional attachment to it as you're going through the show, and we're watching what you're doing, and you're helping them out, and some want to want to embrace it, and some want to fight back. But it seems like you always, you know, really embrace them and, and try to do what's best for them, yeah. the business, and as you mentioned, the family. Again, John Taffer's our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Demond, you got any more? I've got yeah. You're being a big TV star and all. <laughs> is there any? Has there ever been a pitch for a show, or maybe just someone approaching you on the street? Of, oh, this is the great idea. This is your next big hit. And you're like, you got to be out of your mind. <laughs> that happens all the time. People don't realize the difference between a documentary and a television show, right? So a television show has to have a story, a high, a low, a beginning, end, and everything. At least five times a week, I get the same email from somebody else who says, John, have you ever gotten the idea rather than rescuing a bar to help somebody open a bar? Yeah. I'm your guy. <laughs> Come call me. Bring the money. Let's open a bar for me and we'll make it. I get that at least five times a week. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm so busy doing bar rescue. I don't have time to do anything else, man. That's but awesome. yeah, I get some pretty stupid ideas. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, John, I guarantee you, if you're selling brown butter bourbon, and I got to say it slow just because what I'm looking at, I'm smelling it, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing the glass with my man Kevin here. If you're selling that, you're not failing. So so tell everybody how to get Taffer's brown butter bourbon. Well, you can get it at, at Lee's. You okay. can get it at Liquor World. Yep. Or you can get it at, uh, at Total Wine. Okay. Uh, also, you can go to our website. Uh, John Taffer and Brown Butter, and you can get recipes from our website as well. Yeah, and uh, have fun. It's great. It's mix it. Have fun with it. That's a, that's can't wait. No, that's. I mean, honestly, that's what you got to do. Is you got to get some recipes. You got to mix it. You got to do all that because yeah. it, it's just it's just too good. And this is one of those. It'll take me all night to drink a glass because I don't. I want to embrace it. Yeah. Right. I mean, Kevin's over here stealing my glass. I want to make sure I embrace it. So uh, but yeah, I'm a little like the mine too. I'll just sip it too. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't don't encourage the mine. I got don't encourage the mine. <laughs> we <laughs> got to finish the show. We got <laughs> we got to keep him under control. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate you. Big fans of your work and uh, big fans of your uh, brown butter bourbon as well. Thank you, guys. Good to be here. John Taffer. Awesome. Awesome stuff right there. Bar Rescue, one of my go-to shows. If it's not Law & Order SVU, it's definitely Bar Rescue. One quick text as we uh, close out this little segment from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, what's the name of this bourbon? I'm just catching the end of the interview and would like to get a bottle. That is Taffer's Brown Buttered Bourbon here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 
It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And as it gets started, it gets wrapped up just like that, man. And wherever we ever get just, you know, a shortened show, Damon, it is over so fast. You know, when I was in Kansas City last week and we only had a show that was two hours from 12 to 2, it was like, what are we doing? I remember when I, we got off the air, I looked around, I'm looking around the media room and people are looking at me like, what's this guy doing? Right? Because I just, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I, I walked around the, the area that we were at, the Crown Plaza, it was really nice. And now I look up and I'm, I'm just thinking like, okay, we had Chris Cartman on from the sundevilsource.com. We had Jim Nagy on, Senior Bowl, great stuff. And then just John Taffer. And now I look up and the show's over. Now it's almost time for the Golden Knights. It's, you know, time for basketball. All kind of good stuff. Just that quick, I mean, in the last hour, I mean, Jim Nagy, John Taffer, who's doing it better than that in just one hour radio? Nobody. Nobody at all. Right? Those are some really good guests right there, and we definitely appreciate John Taffer to come on by. And I'll tell you, man, again, I, it's no BS. I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. But Bar Rescue is definitely one I watch. Now, the only way that it could get any better is if somehow, like, the guys from Shark Tank came in. Right? I watch Shark Tank. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Shark Tank guy. I always yell at them, like, take the deal. They're giving you a deal. Take it. Ah, nah. I believe in my dream. It's exactly, no, but it's exactly what they asked for. (laughs) They come in and they say, all right, we want, you know, we want, uh, you know, $250,000 for 10% equity in our our company. And then someone like Mark Cuban will say, all right, I'll give you $250,000 for 10% of your company. Well, would you reconsider? I'm like, that's exactly what you asked for. What are we doing? It just doesn't feel right. But you asked for it. If you come and say, Q, I need to raise, I need to raise whatever, whatever the, the money is. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then you're like, well, actually, you know what? Like, wait, that's what you asked for. What are we doing now? You can't go back now. They're like, Mark Cuban isn't really going to support my vision for my, you know. Doesn't make any sense. Cups or something. It doesn't make any sense. Just like it doesn't make any sense on Bar Rescue when John Taffer, you ask him to come to your building. You ask him to save you. You're our last hope. He turns everything around, and then just like the Underground Lounge in Chicago, the story that I told John Taffer, all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, you're like, ah, we're going to change it back. No thanks. And then you fail. There's a reason why he's there to begin with. Like, don't ask me to come in and redo something and then change it all up. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, they could just do it on their own. You know, that works for Taffer, but, you know... We don't need Taffer. That underground lounge, that lady was such a, mm, 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 right? She was so, like, I was getting angry for him. I was watching, like, your idea is terrible. You know, when, when you have an idea, and sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to see when something's bad because it's your vision, but when it's bad and everyone knows it, it's like, hey, this is bad. This is bad business. What are you doing? And then he comes in and tells you it's bad business, and you just can't let it go. Like, she thought that that was going to be a good idea. And I promise you, when I was at the draft in Chicago, I was walking down the street after the radio show was over, and I looked over, and I saw that, oh, wow, that's the Underground Lounge. Oh, wow, that's the Underground Lounge. They're back to being the Underground Lounge. And then they failed. Like, seven weeks after that, they closed up shop. Seven weeks. So, it was a short show today, but what a fantastic show. Fast and Furious, that's how we like it. Again, Chris Cartman, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, and we close things out. We shut it down. With John Taffer and check out his whiskey, man. Brown or bourbon, brown butter bourbon. I was thinking of Sir Whiskey Ray. Taffer's brown butter bourbon. Definitely check it out. Really good stuff. Smells great. 
tastes great as well. It's Unnecessary Roughness. We'll be back tomorrow, 2 to 5, right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great one.